0: Program Gunsmoke, regularly heard at this time, will not be heard tonight, so that we may bring you this special memorial salute. His gift was laughter. He lifted the spirits of Americans for nearly four decades. He was truly a household name among entertainers for generations back. He was America's beloved penny-pinching comedian, who also played a serious violin. He was a star in vaudeville, radio, motion pictures, and television. He was Jack Benny, and he died at the age of 80 this morning in Los Angeles. He seemed in fantastically good health, even after passing his 80th birthday this year in February. But he was taken ill last October. When he was released from the hospital, his sense of humor prevailed. Said Benny... I won't even have a stomachache until I get the hospital bill. When not performing, Benny led a quiet life with a few close friends, among them comedian George Burns. His marriage was one of the most lasting in Hollywood. In recent years, Benny had cut his television appearances to two or three guest shots and one or two specials. Last year, one of the shows was titled Jack Benny's First Farewell Special. It was followed this year by a second Farewell Special. Prior to that show, he told interviewer Ed Kearns that he felt the Benny Farewell Special was a good title.
1: Last year I had my first Farewell, which was funny, because there's so many people that always say this is my farewell appearance, and then they come back and they make more appearances. Now the reason I'm calling this one the second Farewell, because I played Las Vegas, Since my first farewell, I've played theater. And the minute I mention to the audience, I want you to watch my next special, which is called My Second Farewell. They all laugh like hell. And that means that they not only remember the show, but they remember the title. Well, any time they can remember a title of the show, it's silly not to use it.
0: Jack Benny became America's foremost funny man during the 30s and 40s with a variety of personality quirks. His stinginess, big blue eyes, ear-smarting violin playing, an ancient Maxwell automobile, and insistence at all times that he was only 39 years old. His Sunday night show, Heard Coast to Coast, was a family affair with Bill Harris, Dennis Day, Rochester, his wife, Mary Livingston, and his announcer, Don Wilson.
1: with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester,
0: Dennis Day, yours truly, Don Wilson.
1: And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go out to Jack Benny's home in Beverly Hills where we find Rochester helping Jack fix up his scrapbook. Uh, Rochester, have you got the scissors? Yeah, I'm cutting something out of the front page of the
2: Pasadena News. It's a picture of you kissing the queen of the Rose
1: Parade. Oh, yes. See, that is a nice picture of me, isn't it? And some color, too. It
2: would be even nicer if your eyelashes weren't
1: so gray. <laughs> Rochester, my lashes aren't gray. Just that my
0: eyes are so blue, they pick up limbs.
2: <laughs>
0: Actually, Jack Benny was born Benny Kubelsky, February 14th, 1894 in Chicago, and he grew up in nearby Waukegan, Illinois, which through the years became another source of his humor. The comedian began studying the violin as a child, and he played in the orchestra of the Barrison Theater while still in grammar school. He continued his theater job during high school days, and he played at dances in and around Waukegan. At 15, he teamed with Cora Salisbury as a violin duo, traveling the Chicago-area theater circuit. He became an excellent violinist and later in life made several concert tours as a featured soloist with symphony orchestras. After traveling back and forth across the country as a vaudeville musician, he soon discovered that he was more adept at making people laugh than with his violin virtuosity. With World War I, Jack Benny joined the Navy and became an entertainer in uniform. As his shows progressed, his comedy antics became a dominant factor the violin serving only as a prop. went on tour again vaudeville while traveling the west coast he met his wife sadie marks a hosiery clerk at the los angeles may company the couple was married in waukegan in january 1927 benny remained in southern california to work in a series of undistinguished motion pictures then early in the 1930s he turned to the relatively new field of radio where he found instant success For almost a quarter of a century, Jack Benny was a Sunday night radio fixture with a program adjacent to the popular Fred Allen show. A friendly feud ensued, and a couple of years ago, Jack talked about it. My feud with Fred
1: Allen started out by accident. A lot of people imagine we planned it. But if we had, it would not have been successful. The feud started with a little ten-year-old boy who played a violin solo on my program. And the following week, Fred Allen made derogatory remarks about my violin playing. So I answered him on my program, knowing he would listen to it. And he knew I was always listening to his show, so then he answered me. And this went on week after week until we got into the feud. And we were into the feud seven or eight months before we even discussed it with each other over the phone about what to do next. That's why it was a successful feud. It would have never been any other way. Here's a portion of the Fred Allen show on which I appeared as guest. Jack, this is quite a surprise, you dropping in. I didn't know you were going to be here tonight. I didn't know it either, Fred, until I heard you announce it five times last week. (laughs) But don't get me wrong, Freddy, I appreciate that build-up. I'm one guy who knows that it pays to advertise. Now, listen here, Benny, if that's a hint... You're not getting one cent for crawling in here tonight, and you know
2: it. Why,
1: Fred, I, uh, really, I didn't expect to get paid for this. I haven't any more right to take money for working on this program than you have. Hold on there, Benny. That's an insult. Well, if if I was Professor Quiz, I'd say correct. Absolutely correct. And if I was Major Bowes, you'd have left with a unit ten minutes ago. Hey, that's nice work if you can get it. You know, Freddie. I wouldn't mind being back in Vaudeville again, though, would you? Ah, those were the good old days. Yes, sir. Say, Fred, no kidding, will you ever forget the time you and I were together at the Orpheum Theater in Sioux City, Iowa? Yep. Only I was on the stage. (laughs) I don't care, Freddy. I made more money selling peanuts in one day than you did all week. Well, Jack, I didn't make much money in those days, but I was a pretty good juggler. Remember how I used to toss those Indian clubs in the air and do a funny monologue at the same time? I sure do. And, Freddy, you remember when you dropped those clubs, how you'd let them lay there right alongside of your jokes? (laughs) Yeah, well, Red, anyway, a lot of water has gone over the darn since then, huh? Over the darn? Yes, Fred. you know how careful we have to be.
2: <laughs> well,
0: the feud was only skin deep, as he and Fred Allen were good friends. Jack Benny's portrait as a grudging loser endeared him to millions. He was the perfect foil for con men and visiting comedians. He surrounded himself with a top cast, including his wife who by that time had changed her name to Mary Livingston. Here's Jack with Mary and the all-star cast on a special program for the Armed Forces staged in New York on December 27, 1942. 32 years ago, tonight. Thank you,
2: thank
1: you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking... And, Don, what do you mean, the Bob Hope of the Grape Nuts Flakes program? I don't get it. Well, after all, Jack, there are a lot of similarities between you and Bob Hope, aren't there, Mary?
2: Of course there are.
1: Oh, yeah? Name one. Well, for one thing, he's on the radio and you're on the radio. True, true.
2: And he's a comedian and you're a comedian. Yes. And yes.
1: Hope started in vaudeville and you started in vaudeville. That's right.
2: And Hope makes pictures at Paramount
1: and Paramount kicked you out. <laughs> true. Now, wait a minute. I wasn't thrown out of Paramount. Then why did you leave? I asked them to put a shower in my dressing room. They punched holes in the roof. It didn't rain for 40 days, so I quit. (laughs) Anyway, I made some swell pictures of Paramount, especially my last one, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Oh, now, hold on, Jack. Gary Cooper plays the lead in For Whom the Bell Tolls. Well, he might play the lead, but that bell doesn't ring by itself, brother. (laughs)
2: Benny
0: interspersed his radio work with occasional movies. George Washington slept here, Buck Benny rides again. Man About Town, Charlie's aunt. and To Be or Not To Be. But Jack's favorite medium was radio, and he championed broadcasting as a legitimate platform for entertainment. As his program increased in popularity, certain of his gags became classics. Benny had his favorites.
1: Over the years, people have asked me what I thought the funniest gag
2: was,
0: broadcast
1: on my program. Now, here's one that critics acclaim this as the funniest. Now, we've had others, I think, that were just as funny or funnier. But this is the one that has been written up in magazines and newspapers and everything. This was called the Money or Your Life gag, and here's the way it went. There was a scene where I went to visit Don Wilson in his home. When I left his house, and it was very dark at night, someone came up to me on the street, held a gun up to my face, and said, your money or your life. So I did one of my usual long pauses, which got a fairly good laugh. And he said, come on, answer me. Your money or your life. So I got mad and I said, I'm thinking it over. Another running gag on our program was the scene at the railroad station with Mel Blanc shouting, train leaving on track five for Anaheim, Azusa, and Cucamonga. Now, people have asked me many times why this continued to be a running gag. The only way I can explain it is this is another one of those accidents. We meant it only for one show. And it got so many big laughs that we kept it on every time we did a railroad station or an airport seat. See, the station is crowded. Rochester! Yeah, boy? Put on your red cap and carry my bags to the train, huh? <laughs> I gotta meet my gang. Yeah.
2: Train leaning on cut five for Rana.
1: Gee, we're all supposed to meet here at the information desk. No one... Oh, there they are. Hey, Phil! Don! Oh, hello, Jack. Hiya, Jackson. Say, uh, what are you carrying there under your arm? Well, I heard it was pretty cold in New York, and I want to be on the safe side. But Jackson, a smudge pot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm
1: not taking any chances.
2: Train you know. leading on track five for Anaheim, Azusa, and Cucamonga. Does anybody want to go to Anaheim or do
0: not, do not During World War II, he took his company across the country several times, entertaining at armed forces camps and hospitals. Jack Benny also visited American troops in Africa, New Guinea, Australia, and island installations in the Pacific. One of the running gags on The Benny Show was his character as a penny-pinching tightwad. His sound effects man... Gene Twombly worked overtime when the script called for Jack to go into his basement vault.
1: Mary, what'd you come over here for, anyway? Well, you asked me to come over. What? Well, don't you remember? You said you were going to buy a new television set
2: today, and you wanted me to go with you.
1: Oh, yes. The one I've got has such a small screen.
2: Well, come on, let's go.
1: Okay. Just wait here a minute, will you, Mary? I haven't got enough money. I'll go down to my vault and get some.
2: Okay, well, don't be too long. I won't.
1: (laughs) Hmm, here come my alligators. One of them still has that bandage on them. I thought sure he'd be healed by now. I only took off enough to make a belt. Well, I better go in my vault and get my money. Friend or foe? Friend. What's the password? No loose ends.
2: <laughs> oh, it's
1: you, Mr. Benny. Yes, yes. I just came down to get some money. Now, excuse me. I want to open the safe. Let's see. The combination is right to 45, left to 16, back to 15, and left to 110. There. You? Spike Jones.
2: <laughs> Let me see now. There, that ought to be enough money.
1: Well, so long, Ed. Goodbye, Mr. Benny. Gee, Ed's a nice fella. It's amazing. All the years he's stayed down in that vault. And he's never come out. Sometimes I feel guilty paying him by check. <laughs>
0: In real life, Jack Benny was generous and shy, once remarking that although writers like to make him out to be a very complex person, he was actually simple and grateful. In his words, I've only been married once and never have been to a psychiatrist. Throughout his career, Jack Benny used the composition Love in Bloom as his theme. He talked about it with his friend Johnny Carson in 1968 on a Tonight television show.
1: I do not like That number.
2: <laughs> no. And
1: uh, I have a very good reason for disliking it as a theme song. I'm glad you mentioned it, by the way. Uh, it gives me a chance to say something here for a little bit. But when you mentioned Love and Bloom, it was such a relief not to hear it, because I have all... I love it as a number. I think it is a beautiful song. That's very pretty. But the reason I do not like it as my theme song... Because it has absolutely no significance. It has nothing to do with a comedian. You see, now you take a theme song like Bob Hope's, Thanks for the Memory. That means something, doesn't it? You're thanking Bob for the wonderful, marvelous things this man has done during his career, and he's thanking them for their response. Or take Danny Thomas's theme song, Danny Boy Makes Sense. But I'd like one person in this room <laughs> to tell me... Now, I'll, I'm going to read some of the lyrics. I don't think I know the lyrics. Of Love and Bloom, I want one person in this room to be able to tell me what this has to do with a comedian or me. Now, listen to these words. Can it be the trees that fill the breeze with rare and magic perfume? LAUGHTER now, what's that got to do with me? Unless, unless it's the way I walk.
2: I don't know anything. Uh-uh, anything that
1: could, be huh? that, could be that could be it. That could be it. That could be it. Can it be the tree? <laughs> That's for a dog actor.
2: How, how did it come about
1: that became your theme? Any song that I would have fooled with on the fiddle 35, 40 That's years it. ago would have been my theme song, and it happened happen to be Love and Blue.
0: Although the comedy violin became Jack Benny's trademark, music, serious music, played an important role in his
2: life.
1: I think it's the most important thing to me, and it's the thing I enjoy doing most are the concerts that I do. I go all over with the, with the uh, symphony orchestra, for which I don't get paid. Do you still practice? I should practice. I even brought my violin here to practice. I should practice more because even though they don't expect anything, it should be a little bit good, should be a little bit better than I'm practicing. But they go over just as big no matter how I play. But you play well. No. <laughs>
0: During that interview, Jack Benny rated his own ability to play
2: violin.
1: Isaac Stern is one of the world's great violinists and my closest friend in the music world. And he has the perfect answer. When people say, how well does Jack Benny play the violin, his answer is, well enough for his purpose. And that's the whole thing. That's why my concerts are always a big success. See, my first one I gave was right here at Carnegie Hall. I had more guts then than I got now. All my concerts are thrilled. Uh, because you have that feeling that you are associated with good music, even though you might not be a good violinist.
0: Last February, Jack Benny turned 80 years old. He was the world's only 39-year-old octogenarian.
1: I don't know how people even know it because I never say it about eighty. In London when I they asked me how old I was, I'd say to to 'em, anything you guess over thirty nine is all right for me and the paper comes out and says his next is gonna be eighty, all I have to do is look it up. You know, you can't miss it, you gotta find it. So but I don't like to talk about it much. Because the less I talk about it, the less people remember
2: about it.
0: On his 80th birthday, he was asked if he could go back 39 years and start all over again. Would he choose comedy over music?
1: Yes, but if I had it to live over again, then you must add, and know what I know today, I would practice more, still do the comedy, and my concerts would be even better. Because the better I play, the funnier the concerts are. Because my problems in the concerts are not with the violin playing, it's what I have with the musician.
2: That's with the humor.
0: Jack Benny. To those who grew up with radio, and to those who met him first on television, he was a giant. A gentle, generous giant who gave till you laughed, and you laughed till you cried. Jack Benny's Heritage, the gift of laughter.
1: This is Jack Benny. I'm a little late. Good night, folks.
0: The Gift of Laughter was written and produced by your announcer, Herb Glover, with technical assistance by PFC Craig Miller. This program was produced in Frankfurt by AFN Europe.